Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello, everyone. It is the Red Men Podcast. We are here. I've got Mr. Chris Pajak over there. Hello, mate. Hey, looking good. Um, Rossi, Rossi's here as well. We've got Rossi Hello. down there, Ross Chanley. Oh, all right. And we've got Tom Dutton as well. I didn't practice this at the start, so I'm not fully sure which way I'm going to look. So I'm, I'm sure. above you. Say hello. Hello. <laughs> <laughs> um, right, yeah, brilliant stuff. We we'll lit <laughs> Um yeah, good. We uh, you say practice that, you know, we we absolutely did. Um yeah. <laughs> uh, I think that went I think we can all agree, everyone watching this on YouTube can agree that went splendidly. The last thing we said, Paul, was that we weren't gonna say anything. I even said agreed and no one nodded. All right, no one nodded. <laughs> um yeah, if you want if you listen to this on your native podcasting app or whatever, then there's a visual gag for you and a good reason to head over to the Redman TV YouTube channel and subscribe as well. Um Okay, we have got our warm-up question this week, and it comes from Dave Richard Bardsley, who wants to know what your worst slash most embarrassing football or general sports injury was, is, will be, whatever. Chris Pajak. Not sure it's a sports injury, but it was done in a... That is not the correct answer. Carry on. Well, (laughs) we were going swimming. Um, (laughs) As a class. Someone offered me some sweets. Yeah, and I got into this van and I'm a really, really sore bottom. Um, Skipped a few stages there. But Mm. no, we were going swimming in school. And so we used to go down to Waverty before it was like a fucking massive pool when it was proper shit. It was like 16 and a half metres or whatever it was. Um, so we used to go in and he used to have all the changes around the outside and stuff, didn't it? Do you remember? Completely irrelevant to the story. I'm doing my ma. But um, so what we did was when we were walking there, they used to have these little, um, oh, I forget the name of bollards. They used to have these little bollards and the class used to all go over and, and they probed them one at a time. Now, it was my turn to go first in the line, and I jumped, somehow pushed myself too far forwards, completely stacked it, and broke my arm uh, while I had the entire rest of the class pissing themselves laughing at me. Um, but because they were all laughing at me, because I was like eight, and, and, and nobody likes to be laughed at, I actually swam the whole lesson, then got taken to hospital. Oh, my God. Um, oh. Yeah. Oh, that's horrible. Was it a race or something? What? Like, 
I can imagine you being ultra competitive and being like, I've just got a race anyway. No, it wasn't. Like, I mean, I mean, I was racing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but it wasn't like an organised race or anything. To be fair, every time I see someone want, like trying to jump over a bollard, that's exactly what I want to happen to them. Like, any time. It's just hilarious to see someone self-inflict an injury like that. Um, that's just all I'm going to say. I'm not sure. Can anyone... Ross, can you top broken arm whilst bollard jumping? I mean, no, because I've never broken a bone in my body before. Well, really? <laughs> I, mean, I do restricted exercise and fucking play football, but when I was a kid, I never broke, never broke anything. No. I, I mean, I did something similar in that way between the area. There was the football pitch outside. I uh, I went to header a ball. I was I was I put my head anywhere. I just put like try and head well, a ball exactly. And uh, some kid kicked me right in the eye and loads of sand and gravel to the gravel pitch at the time of sand and that oh. went into my eye, cut. I was lucky I didn't get blinded, cut all of there underneath, just just missed my eyeball. I would have been blind, I think. And then the lad came over to try and say sorry. And I had blood everywhere, like all down my shirt. I was wearing a white shirt as well, all down me, all over my face. Oh. And I made sure to handshake him with the bl- all the blood that I could get on me hand, just to make him feel that bad. You mm. know what I mean? How old were you, sorry? I was we were 16. Amazing. We're in a world now where we're keeping, you know, six feet away from everyone, and Tom is literally shaking a blood-soaked hand <laughs> with someone else on the football pitch. We'll never see them days again. You deserved it. He kicked me in the eye. That's amazing. Um, so Ross, you've never had a, you've never had a footballing or embar- embarrassing injury, football injury, sports and injury. As I said that to you, I remember the, probably the only one I've had was when we were playing five star and they got shoved into the, into the sides. I was about to say that one, yeah. Snowing, it was really icy. There was no near the ball. He pushed me, he skidded, swatted my head. Uh, I was concussed, drove over. <laughs> probably shouldn't have done that. Um, yeah. That was so funny, Ross. You left the game early as well. Yeah, <laughs> me. Yeah, on the wall. I know. It was, it, the sound of it was terrible. It was gruesome, but as Tom says, physical comedy, brilliant. There's nothing better. Yeah. I think uh, I think as you've actually got a, a scar on your head from from us having one of them moments on them five aside five aside pitches. And... I've got one on my arm from tennis as well. Um, <laughs> my... On the fences from tennis. Mm. Mine was um yeah for, it was playing footy in the park. I've definitely told this somewhere. Maybe it was on on Machen Pajak, but we were playing footy in the park by ours, and a and a lad called Danny Nakanza kicked the ball at me, or I thought he did. And the next thing I knew, I jumped up to block it, and the next thing I knew, I was coming coming around on the floor, and he was picking his trainee up, and as, as, as he kicked his trainee, had come off. And it on the bridge of the nose, and I again, I had this white Inter Milan footy shirt on, and it was just covered all the way down the front in blood. And um, yeah, it broke 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 my nose, and um, yeah, I, I I went in, washed up, like cleaned up, changed my shirt, and came back out and played, and I, I was fucked. I I did not know what what was going on there at all. Like, yeah, mostly wasn't like I don't think I was concussed or anything, but it was just like the flat. <laughs> flat rubber sole of a trainee <laughs> whack hit me right on the bridge of the nose yeah that was it and you know if you even get like a slight bop on there it properly knocks you for six like but yeah that was um, that was pretty pretty embarrassing Paul were you in the were you in I think it was Sefton Park when we were like 17 and we were all drinking and Robin was hanging upside down on a branch were you no. there that day so he was about 
I don't know, 10 foot up in the air and he was just hanging upside down on the branch and the branch snapped and he came down on his back from 10 foot and it was so fucking funny. Like, <laughs> I did a wheelchair now. Yeah, it was, we had to, we did, I think we did have to carry him home actually, but um, it was in a bad way, but for me, that was funny. That's why you never climb a tree. I've never understood. I remember there was a, there was, there was two girls uh, in our school. Who got stuck up the middle uh, a tree in, in Caldy's Park actually and had to get the fire brigade to take them out. Hilarious. <laughs> don't climb up a tree. Just don't do it. I never got we had a big spell of that during A levels where we just go to the park and it would be Caldy's Park and, and and climb trees and it was mainly because we should have been revising and it was anything <laughs> to do with that. But I yeah, I never I never got the, the tree climbing thing. I think I, I was I'm tall. I didn't, you know what I mean? I never really, I never really needed another perspective on stuff and I was also was rubbish at climbing trees. There um, you go. Yeah, that was the real. The, the, the best, the best one of those types of things I've ever been witness to. Is me, my mum, my mum and dad, we used to go caravan and we used to take us caravan. And we go to the same park for like two, two weeks every year. It was our summer holiday. And, um, you'd go and they, they'd just let the kids go wherever they want. So you'd have this ginormous game of man on spread across like, probably 25 square miles or something. And there'd be kids from raging from like eight to like 16. And it's just ginormous game of man And you could, cause you're up in the mountains and all that. If someone screamed, you fucking heard it. And there was this ear piercing scream, a girl scream. And someone had tried to climb over a barbed wire fence and got a fanny cut on it. Oh my God. Like, my words, I've never seen someone in so much pain in all my life. It was so bad that I wasn't even laughing. No. Like, and, I'm, 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 I'm scrunching my fucking head up now. Just like, ah! Oh, my God. Yeah, the parents, the kids, everyone who's playing man on game over, no one's allowed to do that anymore. Yeah, that's a, that's a game ender, if ever there was one. A torn. Torn flaps is as good a way to stop as any there, isn't it? Oh my question Yeah, let us know actually there in the comments. Um if you ever had torn flaps. If you've ever torn <laughs> your genitalia, um let us know in the comments and no. If you ever had any embarrassing football injuries or what have you, uh, sporting injuries, let us know. Uh, and that'll be absolutely amazing if you could do that. I'm just trying to get to some of the comments from last week, but I'm failing miserably at doing that so I'll I think they're on the Tom. They're under Tom. <laughs> What's down there? Yeah. Uh, Tom, so, have a look underneath you. Are there any comments on? Can I see any comments anywhere, Tom? Right, <laughs> <laughs> so. Um, oh, wait. Hey, uh, Paul, catch that. Uh, we should have, you should have practiced that before then. Thank you. Uh, yeah. I don't great. think he had a cuddly kitten. Yeah, definitely. Um, Sad. Anyway, uh, yeah. Anyway, thanks everyone for the for, for your comments last week and all that. I was going to read some out, but I'm, someone called us boring, so I'm not. I'm not going <laughs> to. Like should have should have vetted them before I went in. Just really ruined my mood for the podcast. Um, that was the main Payjack podcast, wasn't it? Was it Redman as well? <laughs> Someone's trolling us. Here. Anyway, we all ask every week for everyone to bring a topic of discussion to the table. It can be tangentially football or Liverpool related. Uh, Chris Payjack, what have you got? Thanks for asking, mate. Um, so, every guest has to bring one topic of football. You can tell I've not prepared this at all. I wrote it down. I'm trying to find it. Uh, with the la- with the lack of transfer fee... Oh, sorry. Let's just start that shit again. You want me to read it for you? It's in front no, of me now. No, it's fine. I'm just going to remember it instead. Um, 
everyone's talking about the transfer fees getting dropped. Like Mbappe is one of them, price drops, all that type of stuff. Do you think that Liverpool will look to take advantage of the market, or do you think it will go the opposite way and nobody will spend big? Ooh, so it's an interesting question. Is it being rostered this news on Redman News yesterday? And because it, it, it came, that talk of like Mbappe's value is like 25 million quid, and it's like, I mean, it's not. Um, it's but ultimately. It, I don't think players have lost players necessarily lose value, do they? But the willingness to spend. I, my my immediate thought on it, Chris, is that I, I think transfer fees is what clubs will be burning to keep themselves going in this inst- in, in the interim period because they might have they might have to. So I don't. I I've got a sneaky feeling that I think we'll see fewer teams dip into the transfer market once it re- once it returns because. If not, you know, because of the financial uncertainty, that's my that's my gut feeling. Why would prices drop though? I don't understand why. I, I understand like all of the, the the financial aspects and stuff, but why would the prices of players drop? I don't get that. I don't want to go for that. Yeah. <laughs> so effectively, well, it's not that. Again, it's all about what people are willing to pay and how much the, the selling clubs are willing to part for. Like the example yesterday was PSG and, and, and Mbappe, which make what makes it ridiculous. But all of a sudden, like a Jack Grealish as an example, or I mean, maybe, maybe not, maybe not Madison because Leicester are quite well off. But you could find that a club that would have been had the balls to hold out for 50 million might actually have to bite at 20 to 25 all of a sudden because. They they just need that money in order to to function. That's one that's one answer anyway. I mean, it could be a nice thing. Sorry, Ross. It, it could be a nice thing for the player transfer fees to go down again. I mean, we're in a world where fees are absolutely astronomical for no reason other than was it like Neymar, and Neymar. then everyone was like, well, now you've got to pay this amount of money for players. It'd be nice for everything to kind of not reset. People are still going to be worth like thirty, forty million. Like when they were 20 million a few seasons ago, but it'd be nice for everything just to kind of resemble something that isn't ridiculous for me. What? But the pro. The, I think the problem is they're not ridiculous. Now they're ridiculous to me and you, mm. but they're only a percentage of their income. And if their income keeps rising, then the transfer fees are going to keep rising. What Paul's talking about is the income's not there now. Mm. And the expenditure's still there, so there's got to be a balance and a, and a shortfall somewhere. And the first thing to do there is you stop spending on the future, which is transfer fees, you know, I'd guess. Like. It might be. I, mean, I think some of this might be impacted by what they do with FFP, because that's going to be a mess, isn't it? How, how, how are you meant to judge a club's finances when they've gone through a pandemic, when they've gone, in, gone into shutdown? How are you meant to know? And there might be, what you might find is like the super clubs use that to their advantage. So maybe they, maybe they go big, you know, in, in, it, you know, you, cause they know they're going to get their incomes down the line. They know they'll be all right because they're going to have the Champions League income and they're going to have TV revenues and all that kind of stuff. So maybe they do just go, well, we'll, we'll be let off with FFP for, for probably for a season or we might, you know, we might be a bit of leeway. So fuck it. Now is probably the time to spend above your means. That's maybe one potential outcome for it. Ross, what have you got? Um, well, just on, just on that. Sorry. Paul Joyce did an article about an hour ago. Um, it's all about Liverpool, whether they'll stick or twist in the transfer market. But he made, made two points. One, Solskjaer's already come out and said, they're going to take advantage of it, but Liverpool have got the advantage in the sense of everyone's playing catch up with them. 
probably, probably you know, bar Man City. So everybody needs to go and spend in that, and that thing. So they don't need to go and say, well, actually, we need to panic and start buying players. We're already ahead of everybody else. Yeah. You know, okay, you've got, you know, Bill Arn, a lot from Shakiri, who might end up going, but they might say to them, we'll stay for six months. And, you know, there's a transfer window, a winter transfer window. We'll reassess it then. Maybe that, that whole thing changed up, but there's no, there's no need for, from the perspective for us to go out and buy players because we're one of the best teams in the, in the world anyway. It's other teams, like I said before, that, you know, Aston Villa might be desperate for money because of their loss of income. They don't get the same TV revenue as Liverpool do. Or mm-hmm. we're not a global entity like Liverpool are, so they'll just need to worry about it. Whereas, I think we'll be fine. I reckon, um, I reckon Liverpool don't do anything. Yeah. I reckon Liverpool don't, don't take advantage of the market because I think Liverpool probably wait to see what the market looks like. I think you, I think someone like a Manchester United might go out there and, and overspend. And I think teams are probably a bit concerned of overspending at this point because it's going to take a little bit of time just to settle down and see where everything is all of a sudden. You know, United could come out and spend £50 million on a player, which was fine, th- literally three and a half weeks ago, probably four weeks ago. But they might be worth 20 and overspend by 30 million. And I think Liverpool will just go, let's just sit here. Let's, we're not going to have loads of time to integrate them into the squad anyway. Yeah. Let's just get them right. Play with the team that we're going to. We're going to have a shortened pre-season probably. Steamroll into next year. And hopefully it's advantage Liverpool because of that. Yeah, I think that's the way it might impact Liverpool, Ross, I guess, is like it's who we let go. Yeah. You know, so like if let's say the plan was to let Dejan Lovren and Divock Origi go, maybe the maybe that isn't the plan anymore because of that, you know, or, or you might find that like it's Timo Werner because the due diligence was already done and you know they've got a rough idea of what the fee might be. But I think you're right, I think we're we're in that lucky position that let's say Lalana's gonna leave. Now you could just say to Lalana, Well listen, do you fancy another year given all these circumstances? And he might you know, he might do. But are we also just thinking, well, Curtis Jones is probably ready to step up and take his place in the squad. Anyway, we are reasonably I think we're reasonably well positioned, aren't we? I think the only is there anywhere? I mean I don't think I think the only weaknesses we would still have in the squad would be dependent on if, if someone wanted to force a move. We might need another centre-half and we might need we might still need another left-back. But even then, we've got kids who could come in. Yeah, I think you've got to be careful. Even at Adam Alarm's case, you know, what clubs are going to want to spend? You know, he's on a decent wage at Liverpool at the moment. And, okay, they take stale, take a wage cup. And who's going out actively buying players at the moment? Mm. And the other issue is, if Man United go out and spend £100 million on Jadon Sancho, that might be fine in six weeks' time. But in two months' time, this might kick off again. Yeah, and he's back to square one again. So it's paid hundred million pounds. You can't bring the income into them, then pay for the player. So you best, like Chris says, what well, we'll do: wait for the market, wait, wait to see what happens with the actual COVID nineteen, and say wait six months ago. Well, it's all calmed down now. We can afford to spend again. Otherwise, you my, you're spending dead money. My bet would honestly be that Man United are the club to get this the most wrong. Um, I just feel like the setup for that at the moment. No, and and I take I take unbelievable pleasure in that. Like um, it's making me smile as well because I think Edward Edward Wood or whatever will go. Yeah, this is a good opportunity for me to steal. Yeah, and look at all the exciting players. Ooh, and, and be enticed by the shiny things. And that's the thing because they are. It's what would Liverpool have done in the nineties? And it's this. They would they would think they can catch up by going big this time. And it's not been working for them. I think the one outlier from Liverpool has got to be we should we still go out there and get Timo Werner. I think it's been on the cards for so long. We've done countless, countless news shows about it, and I, I really, really feel like he's he's our top target. I'd love for us to sign him, and I do feel like we should be cautious in the market. I fully agree with Chris there. I just feel like we we let don't let this affect 
like the overall plan. Obviously, I, I think he was in the plan and moving forward. He's, he's at the right age, and we can go forward and build him into something even better. Yeah. I'd love to see us just go right. We understand that this is a turbulent time. Get Timo Werner in and, and, and bolster and build from there because we still need a player like that. We still need yeah, a Timo Werner. That's a, that's a fair point. That's how it, I suppose if you look at someone like a Werner, you, his release clause, I don't think he'll be matched this time though. And that's the thing, that 50 million or whatever it is release clause, you don't need to pay that. You can probably get it for 30. And, that, mm. and I think that if, if there's one club in world football, like Paul was saying with Manchester United, prior to get it wrong, if there's one club in world football to get it right, you'd back Liverpool right now, wouldn't you? The only slight issue on that, of course, is that obviously the deep pockets that um, the Red Bull teams have. Wouldn't I'm not sure whether they would necessarily, you know, whether, whether they would be in a position to accept that. But I, I, I don't think Vayner's going to be so much that I think it makes a big difference. I think anyone who thinks Liverpool are going to capitalise by, you know, let's say Mbappe's price drops to 100 million. I don't think we're going to spend 100 million pounds. You know what I mean? Even if that is a, are you getting, even if you're getting Mbappe at half price, and that's a mega bargain. I don't think we'd go above and beyond because ultimately we don't need to. You know, you've still got... And that's all the talk that you hear. The Madder keeps saying it. I think I think probably Joyce has alluded to it in various situations. But provided that Salah, Mane, and Firmino want to stay at the club, right now there's absolutely no need to replace them. What you can do is you just need squad. You need to upgrade your squad players at the moment. And Van is probably just about in that category where he understands he's still young enough and understands his role enough. To know that he's the next in line behind them, but doesn't want to. I know she's not going to come in and be in the team, uh, you know, first name on the team sheet kind of thing. But there's not many footballers when you start paying 100 and 100 million pounds or paying big money, whatever that looks like for fellas who should be that way, should be that amount of money. You can get Mbappe for 25 million, but he's not going to play 50 games a season for you because he's got to get, he's going to have to get in the, the team to do that. Um, but it's interesting, very, very interesting. What's interesting that is the youth players. I mean, you mentioned it before. But- Curtis Jones, Echo Williams, and others like that. All their growth's been hindered because there's been no football. Yeah. Curtis Jones is coming to the first team, but Liverpool should have played. Well, Bruce, Brewster's the big one for me on that, Ross, because yeah. he's gone out on loan to try and kickstart his career. And that he's one of those odd ones where if he'd finished the season straight through in the Championship and continued his goal return, he might have come back with like, what, seven or eight goals at, in, at the Championship level in, you know, maybe, maybe a one in two, just one in two and a half or whatever, which is a good return. And you're thinking, okay, what can he do? What can he contribute? But he still needs that senior experience. So it might put him back. It might put his, his career back another season. Yeah, 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 true enough. But again, you don't know what that we don't because we still don't know what it looks like, do we? We don't know what the, how that how that fits into his profile and how that impacts the summer tra- the transfer windows and all and all that kind of stuff. But he needs to he still needs to go. Most the Liverpool the thing will restart up again, and yeah, he's going to have to restart. He's either going to restart as a Swansea player or he's going to will he? Because his loan does his loan expire at, the, at, at, at at some point during this? Exactly, yeah, it's mad. Um, very interesting stuff, though, Chris. Thanks for bringing that. Um, Ross. Yeah. Go on. Daily Carragher's World Eleven Challenge. Yeah. <laughs> you all enjoyed doing. Um, yeah, it's been quite the thing on, on Twitter the past couple of weeks. Um, so I had a go with my brother at the weekend. I thought it'd be a good good topic for us to get involved in, and I want to who's watching or listening to get wound up for three, four, five hours of the, the life trying to do it. So, uh, so it's a World 11, the best players at least in your lifetime. No duplicates or nationalities and they can't have played 
for the same club at any point in their career. So, uh, so this I've, is the thing that I've got a problem with. Why? Because that's what makes it difficult. Yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> Why can't you have two Liverpool players that didn't play for the same team? If you know what I mean, like. Yeah. Why can't they? It's just fucking stupid. Why? Why not just just fucking make shit up all the time? Like, it's like why don't you just stick with the fucking best eleven you've seen? There would have been enough differences without adding all these fucking extra caveats. I haven't got the time in my day. I'm not fucking furloughed, and I'm looking after two kids. I can't be dealing with this. I haven't got nine hours to think about this. You know what I mean? <laughs> it did take me an hour and a half. It Absolutely did. Ridiculous. Yeah. Like, I, I I sat here and started googling fucking. Who, who Finland's best 11s were, you know what I mean? Who is the best centre-half in Syria in, in 2006 to 2010? Just to kind of refresh my memory of that. I, I enjoyed it, to be fair. The old, I think the older you are, the easier it is. Yeah. Uh, so there's people who are like, you know, who were born in the 50s and 60s, you've pissed this because they've got Pele in there. And it's just like, so there you go, no problem. Whereas we can get Maradona in there. But then that's the thing. The club thing is the knock-on effect, and I've seen this. And the reason why it's brilliant, of course, is that uh, Jamie Carragher's marshaled this splendidly on on Twitter of like um, calling people out to go. I've got it. What a team this is! And he's like, "Do you do remember the ta- Tafferal played for Galatasaray alongside such and such?" In fact, who was it? Who was the Jano? Kula Bali and De Bruyne, and everyone goes, "Oh, they both played for Gent when they were fucking real fucking out." Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're messing. Like he's being serious. <laughs> Do your research, Tom. The top of if your I head. Do that. I looked at it when Koulibaly plays for Napoli in Senegal. Who is he going to have matched with? I was like, yeah, yeah. sorted. There you go. Let's change your team, mate. Oh, oh, I'm wrong. This is what it is, is that it's relatively easy to get to like seven or eight and yeah. then it becomes a grind. And I've discovered that I, I really don't know. I know, I know more goalkeepers, midfielders and forwards, like trying to pick fullbacks and centre-halves, particularly after you've gone through a period where you've picked your forwards. Because by when you've picked your forwards and midfielders, in my instance, that means I've chosen, I've got, there's no more Liverpool players I can have, no more Man United, no more Real Madrid, no more Juventus, no more AC Milan, no more Argentina, no more Brazil, no more, all, all the biggest sporting nations and the best teams within them are largely done before I've even started to look at my defence. Um, go on then. The Brazilian players, they play for like two, three, four, five clubs each. You just like Ronaldo, like the Ronaldo wants it in, but like into one. the best sides in, in Europe. I looked at Romario. I think there's more sides than he hasn't. There's, more, he's played for more sides than he hasn't. Yeah, 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 <laughs> like absolutely. he's played for everybody. Yeah, I've fixed yeah. it. I've fixed it. It's easy. It's done. Okay, so yeah, so the issues I had was yeah, it was then going back through because the 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 biggest talking point I guess is like you pick your so you go for your one club men, but that still doesn't necessarily make it easier because I think like one the best example of that is like um, Franco Baresi, like undisputed in the in the list of the best centre halves ever to play the game. Play for Milan his entire career, but you know you can then not no longer have any Italians and you can't have anyone from AC Milan and everyone who was anyone who was good in the nineties and the early noughties played for AC Milan. So you think you think crazy, fine one club man, but you can't have like Ruth Hullett anymore. You can't have Marco Van Basten. You can't have Clarence Seedorf. You can't have Zlatan. You can't have Where's one? Ronaldinho. I mean. Well, the, the the thing for me is Messi and Ronaldo go in there first for me. 
because they're the best players that I've seen play football. Yeah. That means Barcelona and Real Madrid are out. Yeah, For man. Ronaldo, it means United are out as well. Yeah. You, you're looking at all and these Juventus. players. And, and Juventus. I think you're talking about the wrong Ronaldo here, Tom, anyway. Yeah. But then, but then, yeah, I didn't watch much of Ronaldo, so I didn't put him in. That's the thing is, it was hard for me because I, I could, I couldn't get, sorry, I couldn't get him in because he played for too many clubs. Original Ronaldo. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. I looked at him and, and tried that. To be honest, my team's unbelievable, yeah. even with having to take Kevin De Bruyne out. The problem with the with Ronaldo and Messi is that effectively it means you can't put a Spanish player in because all the yeah. good Spanish players played for Barcelona or Real Madrid. You know, there's some some examples of that not being the case, but I'd struggle to I'd struggle to name many who you well, think I definitely need to have him in my team. Go on, have you done that? It. Yeah, David Silva went in there. So you've got no other Man City players in there, or Valencia no. players? No. No other Man City players in well, there. Well, to be fair, you did think that it was fine prior to that, so I think someone needs to do the due diligence on Tom's team. But go on then, Tom. Go on, what's your team? Well, all black and gold, because everyone, after looking at this, all black and gold, Slovenian, Atletico, uh, Philip Lam, right-back, Thiago Silva, centre-half, Koulibaly, centre-half, uh, Paolo Maldini, left-back, Gerard and Vieira in the centre, with David Silva, the attacking mid, Messi on the right, Ronaldo on the left, and then Didier Drogba centre centre forward. Ooh, very nice. Yeah, we're going to need to get to have the people at home do the due diligence on this stuff because it's too hard to keep up with it as we as we're saying out loud. But if you see any problems with any teams, we'll put them in the comments. Actually, we'll pin them. We'll do it as the pin comment, um, so people can get to it on the YouTube channel, and we'll put them out on Twitter as well. Um, go on, Ross. It was your. This is your yeah. shout. You best have something big to bring to the table. I don't think it's going to be Tom's, isn't it, to be honest. <laughs> Oliver Kahn in goal. Oliver Kahn, OK. Uh, Andrew Robertson, left-back. Uh, Andrew Robertson, left-back? Yeah. You've written off Liverpool for a fucking... for Andy Robertson. I mean, a Scotsman, every fucking team. Exactly, come on. <laughs> Paolo Maldini and Diego Gordon. We also had, like, you know, a couple of better Scotsmen than Andy Robertson. And I'll push the positions. OK, exactly. <laughs> Um, and, well, sorry, Andy Robertson. Yeah, Maldini, Diego Godin, centre halves. Nice. Paolo Ferreira, who won loads of Premier League titles and Portuguese, if I had. Roy Keane and De Bruyne sitting in midfield. Zidane ahead of them. And they've got front three of Messi, Shearer, and Aubameyang. Nice. <laughs> That's not bad at all, eh? Oh, yeah, the Aubameyang shout is a very is a very good one, isn't it? That's interesting. Okay, cool. Chris, you claim this was a piece of piss. Well, I think I can put Aubameyang in for one of my players, but yeah, I'll, I'll go with what I went with. Chilever, Paraguay. Yeah. Three kits, didn't he? Pens as well. Was it Pens or? Yeah. Um, Philippe Lahm, Bayern Munich, one club man. Company, Vincent, obviously. Paolo Maldini, one club man. Zidane, Steven Gerrard, one club what for, man. What, what formation are you playing in? 3 4 3. Okay, um, Messi on the right, Giggs on the left, one club man, Didier Drogba, Dennis Bergkamp, and I think I can put Aubameyang in instead of what I had was Bebeto. You can't have Bergkamp on. No. All right, well, then, then that's why Bebeto is my other striker. Right. Yeah, I... Um... 
yeah, I, I said I did a little bit of casual work on this over the weekend because it was quite interesting. Gave up when it was too tough uh, and then realised you wanted this done for the podcast. You were going to do this for the podcast, so frantically tried to fill in my gaps. I had, <laughs> I uh, I was determined to put Gerard in and the first person, I, the first player I picked was Jose Luis Chilaver. Um, with fullbacks. <laughs> it's, it's so crap this team we back four is horrendous uh, it's not hard I've, I've got Lam and Jackie McNamara as my fullbacks I've got Vincent Company and Slavin Bilic as my centre-halves nice Steven Gerrard Roy Keane and Zinedine Zidane as my midfield three and then a front three of Babetto Maradona and Van Basten nice yeah. it is interesting the first, like the first people you put down says a lot I think mine was Gerard, Messi, and Ronaldo, the first three, and I worked around it. Yeah, mine was mine was Gerard, Zidane, and Van Basten, and Chilavert were the ones that were all in. And basically, Chilavert's like because I knew it's a it's a free hit. You've done the goalkeeper. You, that's out that that's out the way. You got no conflicts. And I felt really good about that because I was like, how clever I am with my football knowledge here, picking a Paraguayan who never really played outside his own country, apart from very very briefly. Um, yeah, and then I've, I left myself with a situation where I was going to put Colin Hendry in at centre half. I was like, fucking Colin Hendry, what a shout! Blackburn, Scotland. Yeah, he had two seasons at Manchester City, which means that he obviously couldn't have him because I had Vincent Company in there. Devastated, absolutely devastated. So I spent like the last twenty minutes before I was recording going through World Cup squads, um, yeah. from eighty six up till two thousand and. So up to 98, trying to find players that would have would have done the job, and all I got from that was Jackie McNamara and Slapping Village. <laughs> when, like, what years did McNamara play? 98. Was it that late? Yeah. 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 I had um, Champmano 102 open on my computer. I was using a search engine on how to find players in the right position. Really? Yeah. Okay, still I- me. I just went. I went with the defense there first because I thought that would be the hardest. Yeah. And then because I I didn't do it like usual. Obviously, I had players in mind. I I didn't do it like that. I went. I'm gonna sort them out because I know enough about midfielders and forwards to be able to work that out when I get there. Yeah. Because there's all like you know if I needed to I could have brought Janino in from Middlesbrough or something random like that. You know what I mean or something. And I just went one club men, and then so I, my two revisions were first of all my first goalkeeper I picked was Petacek, but because he played for Arsenal and Chelsea, that was a bit of a pain in the arse. Yeah. And then I had Ramos, and then I went, well, I've got a minute. Oh well, I'm good doing your defence, but Zizi who's going to be in this team? Uh, yeah. There we go. Well, that was it. The Zidane thing, yeah, immediately took out. Juventus and Juventus and Real Madrid, and then as the knock-on effect, as we said, Spain, pretty pretty much entirely off the back of it. But you know, there's just something. I actually haven't got a Spanish player because of that. Yeah, yeah. So, that was the other. But I think I did have Messi though, so uh, you know, at least I picked the right Argentine. Yeah, but yeah. well, I, I I had Manuel fit like one of my first picks as well, and then I I struggled to keep him in the team the whole way because I was like, he's the best goalkeeper I've seen. Like it just just period, he's unreal. And then I just had to kind of concede and just slowly changing my team and you know when you just start getting more and more disappointed in yourself as you realise <laughs> your football knowledge is terrible yeah. um, my search history at the moment is I mean it's usually suspect but at the moment it's fucking like best insert graphical nation here uh, geographical nation here and then players ever and then I just went through the list and was like no no yeah. Mexico have no good players um, fuck 
I am, um, yeah, it, it was that thing. It, the, the sacrifices are being made, like making, deciding which AC Milan player you want in your team is based, is one of the hardest things to do. And it then becomes a lesson in who you're not writing off because so many of them play, like a guy, I remember Van Basten, which immediately then writes Ajax off. And you know, you've got the amount of players who've just dripped the way, dripped the way through the IX Academy and then spread out and you don't even think about it. Like, you know, your Davids and your Seedorfs and your Cliverts and your De Bears and your Loudrups and, 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 and all that. Yeah. Like, I thought it was going to be dead clever and put a Loudrup in. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Philip Cocky. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And the, the rest. Yeah. Brilliant stuff. Very good. Like, yeah. Um, if you can, people can do the, if anyone's got the time, please do the due diligence on our sides. We'll put them in the comments. Uh, underneath and we'll put them out on at the Redmen TV on Twitter as well just to make sure that none of us is catastrophically I can guarantee I'm probably the most likely to have caught it up because I haven't I haven't properly checked it through but yeah please do please do feel free to call us out if we're wrong on that um, Tom topic um, yeah basically Emery Chan the other day was saying Dortmund are back in training it's in groups of two and I was just wondering how much of an effect you think that could have on, on the Bundesliga as a whole, in terms of it, it's been really tight this season, I, I believe. And and are there any methods that you've seen on social media or players training that are like you maybe a beneficial or are just stupid? I I know there's there's been it's not easy for goalkeepers to kind of do, it, but they just need a goal. But I I saw that it's it's not really football related, but I saw two two people playing tennis over rooftops the other day, <laughs> and I was like the the things that people do just to keep in shape and keep playing like their sport with people it's really interesting but in, in terms of the Dortmund thing I think that's going to be really interesting in terms of clubs rushing to get back into training to get a leg up against the competition and I think it'll do Dortmund like wonders if I'm mm-hmm. honest Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Yeah, absolutely. I was talking to Maddock about something similar to this the other day. And one of the things that I thought was how you come back from this and how your sports scientists adapt to it could be the difference between almost success and failure this season. You know, if you're in Manchester United's boat, 
and you've got a run at the Champions League with a few games to go, and a team above you decides not to mess around with the sports side, or just gets it wrong. All of a sudden, if you get it right, you can make it. Does that mean that the relegation sides are willing to take a risk, have a little bit of a gamble, try and get them ready for a, a, an intense period, rather than if you're in Liverpool's boat? I know I've always spoken about this, how like, you know, you need to get someone's fitness up for nine months for a season. Liverpool could bring them back with a view to getting them fit for next year, because we only have to get two wins. Yeah. You know, yeah. The, Manchester United might be just getting them back for five fucking weeks at the absolute peak physical condition, and then deal with next season, next season, when they're in the Champions League. I think it's a fascinating thing. Yeah. And teams will be looking across at Germany, Tom, and seeing how they do it. And I think it actually probably helps England. And also on the flip side, Germany could steal a march on European football. Could they be now the third biggest league if Serie A is still a thing? There's a bit of a renaissance around it though, isn't there? All of the footballing fans' eyes in the world are watching your league. If they get it right, they could have a huge spike in money for the next 10 years because of it. Yeah. Madness. And it, it is tight at the top. Bayern Munich are on 55. Dortmund are second with 51. Leipzig third on 50. Munchen Gladbach fourth, 49. Leverkusen 47. So there's five teams there. Really, like vying for the right, vying for the title. If uh, Munich drop off even a tiny bit, then they're going to be right up next to them. Yeah, I, I think it's interesting, as you say, that the the. the how it how it impacts the Premier League and what what that's going to do moving forward because I was just looking at the Premier League table there and you know is it just that the clubs who are the biggest and best run like I wonder whether this when you look at like Wolves and Sheffield United who are massively well let's say Wolves are not necessarily punching above the weight but you take my meaning when I say that compared to you you would expect the Chelsea's Man United's Arsenal Spurs to be there and whether those clubs will actually come back better because. There's just more people there to handle all the big. They probably they're probably more capable of handling their players being spread out, and they've probably got more experts at the clubs to help deal with these things. But you're right, it's that thing of there's a you could find clubs burning shortly. Could could just push themselves to just get those you know get get that done, and the consequences be damn. And Man United are a great example of that. And again, I keep talking about it, but I, they, they they keep they get think they're getting a lot of things wrong in the last in the last few years. And it wouldn't it wouldn't shock me if this was another thing like Solskjaer not having the right level of experience or whatever but it's it's mad because they're, they're talking about the Bundesliga we saw okay, our mate Chris Williams on Twitter was saying do you reckon the Bundesliga is going to be back in like it could be back in three weeks Um I mean, I mean, everyone's going to become a Bundesliga fan. <laughs> That's going to be the most watched, the most watched football league in probably in the history of football yeah. when that actually happens. No, I've got players, the individuals, the professionalism, and the mentality of the players—they taking this time off and thought, "I want to keep fit or you know get as fit as possibly can." Mentally, it's going to be hard for them. But also, who's the best to react when you know? I think Dortmund are going back in pairs, haven't they, or something like that. So you can prepare for all you want, be as fit as you want. But if you're not doing like you know things even simple like rondos or you know tactical um, preparation f- towards games, you know it's the time constraints that you've got within that, and it which teams are best prepared to go and do that because you can be the best team in the world and have the best players in the world, but you're not mentally prepared to go and do it, and you have to give yourself back up and brain to go and be in there. I've no doubt Liverpool will be ready for it. You know we get to see you know they're doing team training, team sessions together. But as Tom said, if you're a goalkeeper, fans just want to kick a ball at you. You're more or less there. It's match sharpness, isn't it? Is what you're talking about there. Like, and you say goalkeepers, it is slightly easier for because you can train your reflexes and you can t- train that. But you, across the board, there's no practicing for being 
getting slidies and getting elbowed in the head and getting doing the proper twists and turns and everything that comes with being in being in footy, right? That's that's going to be the big the big tester. You're not used to you know using those muscles, so you're going straight into an intense five week period. But you're only going to occur every week if you're not if you're not prepared properly. The big test for us, sorry, is that. Because we're all saying this, taking this for granted, like Liverpool are going to come back and they're going to be in a strong position and we're going to handle this. I mean, this is the problem, is we're a team that's, the league's as good as one. It's a a mad situation to have to come back and just, you know, knowing that you've only got to get two more wins or whatever it is, you know, like that, that's that's going to be very interesting to see, not just from a fitness perspective, but Liverpool's psychology. Is there a is there a case that having worked tirelessly for basically two seasons back to back and then you've been given this time off? How do you? How are we going to be capable of picking up picking up where we left off? You know, for this because that must be a very difficult thing to do. There must be a few players there who are feeling a bit like they're on the beach. Uh, I, 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 do you know what? It wouldn't surprise me if Klopp just uses the lads for two weeks. They win the games and he goes, "See you later, boys. Mm. Come back when the season starts. Have a proper fucking break. A proper break." Yeah, and let's get everybody else a winners' medal. We're yeah. getting a few appearances and stuff like that. You know what I mean? And, and it, it, it would surprise me, but equally, fucking hell, how boss would that be? Klopp just puts his feet up, and then we just sail off into the sunset to come back next season in an even better position. Yeah, I suppose, could, could Watford be a blessing in disguise? I we wanted to go for an unbeaten run. Like, I wanted that all day, and then we lose. And you're thinking, oh god! But now we're just like, oh fuck it, then we can give up that. Whereas I, I think if we, if we, I don't know, but I, I think if we came back and we still had that unbeaten run to go, everyone would want that, and we'd be disappointed after the fact. But now that we've got no expectations, everyone just wants the title. Yeah. Yeah. And, and now you're right. I think that that that's the interesting. The only other thing is we don't know what the world's going to look like, even when this even you know, this is all hypothetics, isn't it? Like, there might still be a travel ban, so, like, there's almost, like, no point in sending your players away because they can't go on Aldi, you know what I mean? They're only going to be back to living in their houses and kicking around the garden with the families and all that. They can't go out and sit off on some tropical beach somewhere, but it's... But, it, yeah, it, there's definitely something to it. I would love that notion, and I think you're right. I think that's probably... I think every single one of us now have gone from... Oh, we, we're gonna we're, we're gonna go invincible, or we're gonna win the treble, or we're gonna break the point score. I don't give a shit about any of those things anymore. I just want the footy to come back long enough for Liverpool to guarantee the title, and I think we'll all be we'll all be be happy with that. So you're right. In, in, in a weird way, it would be sad if we miss out on the opportunity to do something historic and set a mad precedent or set a you know set a new record. But I think all of us are so desperate just to see that like. You know the, the the trophy lift. That yeah, I think we can probably take a back take a back step on that one. Right. Um, so uh, the, something that came up in the Athletic this week, uh, James Pierce has written a, an in-depth article looking back on the Being Liverpool series, uh, which was wonderfully timed because we've been planning to to do some stuff on that on Redmen uh, anyway. But it was a really fascinating read. I don't know if you guys uh, check this out. Or if you really remember much of it from the time, but yeah, James has gone back and he's spoken to a lot of like young players. He's spoken to like to Jamie Carragher. He's spoken to the producers from Fox who were behind making the series to get their kind of insights and takes on it. And I thought it was really interesting because I think by and large the overall memories of being Liverpool are either ones of pure negativity or really like cringy embarrassment. I mean, God, me and Chris, we, you and I did like a, a parody of it at, at the end because it was just 
just it had to be done. It was so ripe to be ripped. Um, and I just wanted to get people's people's kind of thoughts and feelings on it because obviously you know we all, we we all come at it from kind of different angles. Um, anyone got any being Liverpool memories? I I. I was talking to him about this today, actually. I, I get all the, the cringy stuff and negativity stuff, but also at the time, because it was a bit different, it was an insight into the club and inside behind the scenes, which I think was why, why most people watched it. So mm-hmm. like, I thought was some positivity, but then as the years have gone on and I've seen clips back, it wasn't so on, on reflection and watching it back a second time or a third time. But why did anyone from the PR or you know, Mark let that go out be seen in, in the light of day? And it's probably why a lot of people got negativity towards Brenders. Or possibly even Raheem Sterling, who you want to dig dead, dead, dead deep into it because of, of that famous scene. The, yeah. thing, the thing for me, I love the fact that Klopp said, no, we're not having any of this. And, and I understand that documentaries and that kind of thing, um, giving you an insight. And the Man City one's meant to be amazing. I haven't watched that one. I, I, I just don't. I don't really care about that kind of thing, if I'm honest. Um, and like I say, I'm made up that Liverpool now don't don't have that. I can get all the. I've got my own memories of that. I don't really want to know about what the players are doing inside the the the, the changing rooms and whatever. Yes, it's an amazing season, but we could have a terrible season. Barcelona were getting filmed losing at Anfield, and I never want that to go out of Liverpool players crying, you know what I mean, and being upset. I never want that. I never want tactics going out there that Klopp has, Klopp has said. I want I want there to be a mysticism about it, like Istanbul's half-time talk. I love that. The fact that it is, like, different different things and people lying about the players being able to hear you'll never walk alone, but it, it, that didn't matter. Everyone, that was a lie for ages, and now we know it's not true, but it doesn't matter. It's still mystical. It's still, it's yeah. still great. I don't know. <laughs> There's a there's a famous bit and I, I quote in the article where in the third episode Rogers puts his arm around Alan and announces this is the Welsh savvy for me Joe is a unique player he's a British player he's hungry for the ball he's embarrassed if he loses the ball he's five foot six or five foot seven but in terms of football talent he's six foot seven and Jamie Carragher say I wouldn't say all that stuff affected Joe Allen's Liverpool career or any of the players I think it actually affected Brendan more than anyone else um, yeah I mean Chris that was the the, the, the it almost it the bloody envelopes became more of like more famous than this than the series itself. Yeah. And and you realise that I find these things fascinating actually because it gives you an insight into the manager and, and like the group of players in a way that uh, you don't normally see. Now the big thing on being Liverpool is Rogers is just a little bit weird, a little yeah. bit of a strange bloke. You know what I mean and. I think you knew that from watching him in his press conferences and stuff, but I think he toned it down for his press conferences, to be honest. He was even weirder and just just freaky, to be honest with you. And so if Cop was to do it, you'd, you'd probably fall in love with him even more because yeah. of the type of person that he is. And when he forgets that the camera's there, he'd even be himself even more. So I think Cop's a different case in point. But what it always gets me with any of these things, and I watch the American Footy ones, and I've watched the City one, I've watched the Barcelona ones, and all that. Managing sports teams is just weird. Like the amount of people who walk around with a fucking chip on the shoulder, they're like some of the best players in the world, the most, the elite of the elite, and they're still carrying a chip on the shoulder. It's madness, and it, it, it baffles me because I think. How are you so stupid that this works on you? Yeah. Like this us against their mentality. What is it that's broken in your head that you think you do? You, you play for Chelsea at 100 grand a week and you think you're getting fucking done over? What, yeah. In what way? Like, yeah. so, it, it just makes me laugh. Well, you said... Yeah. You always talk to me about this because obviously you say, like, there's like, is it the is it the ESPN once to 30 for 30 or whatever? Is it the... the 
the, no, I like the, the all, all or nothing on the prime. Oh. Yeah, the, but the, like the American football ones, you say, like every season the coach comes in and he gives this speech, and it's oh, basically yeah. the all do. Yeah, like they all do the same speech every single year, and every single year it gets them all bought into it. But I think that's what's good about it is like, and I was saying this, so I actually, I actually interviewed James Pierce about, about this. It's going to be on the the website uh, and a little bit, on, it'll be on YouTube as well this week um, or next week, sorry. But it's it's the there's, there are the positive sides, and it, it, it set a precedent for what we see now. So when we watch the videos of Oxide Chamberlain at home with his misses, or we see videos of like Gerard doing slideys on his on his kid in the back in the back garden and stuff like that this was the cl- this this was the first time we ever got to see anything like that and it's you know they did it it was so poorly managed and that Liverpool side were crap and there were so many rubbish players by comparison in it and but it, it's become quite a like a like a pre I mean, it wasn't the pre-Twitter era because obviously it was very much a thing at the time, but it was like a pre-proper social media era Liverpool. Like you wouldn't get that; you never got access like that before. So it's a fascinating little sort of time, time period, time piece or whatever. But um, yeah, there's some very, very I mean, Ian Air on his Harley. Um, I ask a question. I did that outside my old house, didn't I? Yeah, yeah, we got you on your bike. Yeah, definitely. If we can, we'll find that. I don't, I don't know if that's still up there. Um, but yeah, it was good. It was definitely good fun. Um, the um, yeah, one thing that it was mentioned, like uh, I think it was you just said it there, Tom. Maybe that, like, or was it, Ro- or was it Ross? If Jurgen Klopp was it was in that series, we would just give him a pass. <laughs> I was Chris, yeah. Yeah, okay, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it was someone who, with, with incredible talent and insight. Did you not? Um, it's literally coming from this direction, Paul. Sorry, sorry. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, the question I asked is like, if, if, if you saw a documentary and Peter Moore was riding down the strand on his Harley, would you be asked? I think it'd be great. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, that's, that is the weird thing. I am being very hypocritical. I would love to have seen the dressing room after Aston Villa. Absolutely would have loved to have seen that, but because the Liverpool have upped their game so well with the inside uh, Anfields and what have you, you get to see that in the tunnel, you get to see a little bit of it and, and then it gets left and then they give a message to it, to all the fans and what have you. And I like that kind of thing and I like that it's kind of kept separate and I'm sure Klopp's had a lot to say about that. But I would like to see everyone dancing around. You saw that after the Champions League final where Robbo was doing an interview and Alisson's walking down with the cup and it's just these little interactions of a Scotsman and a Brazilian and Alisson doesn't know what he's saying but it's brilliant because of that. I don't know. It's great. Do do you know what the the, the thing that makes those things good or bad? It's kind of the same thing as what makes a good or a bad kit in years gone by. It's whether you're successful in them. Because Rodgers would have been a fucking genius had Liverpool won the league that season. Yeah. What my management skills and blah, blah, fucking blah. You see a kit come out, you go, ah, shit. 20 years later, oh, that was a fucking lovely kit. We won the FA Cup in, wasn't it? Just yeah. that's what changes things. Yeah, yeah, 100%. 100% on that. Uh, yeah, if you want more from the Being Liverpool stuff, you can head to uh, theathletic.co.uk forward slash RedmenTV. We've got a special discount there, 50% off your yearly subscription rate to get the James Pierce article and some of the best writing going on around Liverpool and world football today as well. So, yeah, do go and check that out. And if you want more from me and, and Pierce, that'll be on the channel. And we're going to be doing a Being Liverpool rewatch watch along series stay tuned to at the Redman TV on Twitter for all the latest updates on when that's going to be happening I'm feeling maybe a week Friday to start that but more info on the Twitter as and when we know it 
Uh, right, okay, let's get into the Sanity playlist for the week then, um, where I asked the guys to put together three songs that's been, you know, keep, maybe keeping them afloat or maybe reflecting their mood for the week. We combine them into a playlist. This is the fourth week of the playlist. All of them are available on Spotify right now. If you just type in Red Men Sanity playlist, they'll all come up on there. Um, I have gone for, and because I, I, I talked about it last week, it didn't make the cut, so it's made it this week. Izzo, the end from the Jay-Z Lincoln Park Collision Course, Victoria by The Kinks, and The Power of Love by Huey Lewis in the news. Uh, the last one, particularly because... Um, me and my lad were building the Playmobil Back to the Future DeLorean um, this week, and I've just had a proper nostalgia. Him, him, him whistling the uh, Back to the Future tune around the house so we can, and my four-year-old daughter saying, can I play with the Back to the Future car? It's been absolute, like, the greatest, the greatest, the greatest, and that song is a uh, is a, an uplifting banger, so I highly recommend people get onto that. Chris, what have you got? Louis Prima, baby, won't you please come home? Okay. Because I love Louis Prima, and it's kind of what I'm thinking about my wife pretty much all day. Um, <laughs> Moldy Peaches, Steak for Chicken. If you've not listened to that before, you need to listen to it. So it was, I think it was in a film as well. Uh, certainly the Moldy Peaches have sung over films. And the police, please don't stand so close to me, or don't stand so close to me even. Uh, I wanted my caddies, my girl, but Spotify, crap, basically. <laughs> yeah. got some mad caddies, but yeah, not that one. Yeah, yeah. They, they just don't have the early stuff. Um, I'm not sure why. I don't know whether it was something to do with fat records or something like. But they seem to have, yeah, they seem to have issues with the Macarys. I don't know what it is. Tom, um, homecoming, Kanye West, easy. It's just an absolute belter, especially with the weather we've been having. Uh, Love and happiness again, another one just for the weather. You just sat off and that tunes on there. And then the suburbs by Arcade Fire, and that one is. Basically, I've got a playlist of like upbeat guitar tunes, and it's the first song that comes on every time I press play. So I hear that every time I start that playlist, and then inevitably press shuffle to go through them all. But uh, <laughs> it's like it's such a good. All three of them songs are fantastic in their own different ways. But uh, yeah, the suburb by Arcade Fire is so good. Amazing, Ross. Um, Toto Africa, because I had it in last week, but I swapped it out for something. I can't remember what it was. Flacco was in there. Um, Intergalactic by the Beastie Boys because it's just a fucking tune and yeah. The Hills by Iron Maiden just to cover all moods <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like the fact that everyone's got a little bit of like the, the, the subtle undertones of the world that, that, that we're in today I, I very nearly went with Wasteland by The View for a very similar reason today but decided yeah, but decided against it um, yeah all bells are shouting I'm particularly looking Looking forward to to smashing out run run to the hills. I think that's a. Uh, I was Ace of Spades last week. The what? I was Ace of Spades last week. Oh mate, Ace of Spades. Yeah, so I had to uh, I had to drop some equipment off at your at your house and it would come on just as I was coming around the corner. I was like <laughs> bopping, bopping round the estate. Great. Um, yeah, Size put his three tracks in as well. Uh, uh, Temptation by New Order, uh, Comfort Bubble Gum by Confidence Man, and something or other by Mac Miller. What's the What's the use by Mac Miller? Check out that playlist. Yeah, we'll put the link uh, out there. It's on Spotify. You can just search Redman Sanity playlist if you want to get involved. Uh, right, it is time for the schoolyard game. Um, ah, shit, I need to do something I have to do. Mm, oh, while so- we talk about that, Paul, can I just talk about how flawed the system we used? I praised it massively when I beat Chris, but <laughs> <laughs> when I lost to you. 
And I lost to you. I mean, my team are passing backwards. So I, just I, to clarify, for those of you unsure and didn't watch the the Twitch stream, I, we'll put a we'll put a clip in. Um, I won Series One of the schoolyard game, coming out on top with a dominant performance. Um, over Tom's Talk about the final. Fixing your aeroplane while it's in the area. Fucking, I won Series One when we were having the fucking first schoolyard game. There was no series. There was no fucking thing up for grabs. But all of a sudden, Paul gets through. It's a final. You know yeah. what I mean? And then fucking Series One end. Yeah. Why not a fucking league, lad? Where's the discussion, lad? You know what I mean? Who came there? One and out. You're having a laugh. Nah, okay. I'm not playing. Do you want to have a third? There's your fucking schoolyard game. Fucking going home. Taking my ball, I'm going off. Do you want a third? Do you want to have a third place playoff, Tom? Yeah. Given that you didn't register a single shot in both of your games. Yeah, because you've turned the sliders down, and I watched you do it on your screen. Turn the sliders up, lads. <laughs> um, yeah, so yeah, I uh, I came out on top against against Tom. That was serious. The, the first is to, just to just to compartmentalise. It was based on the current Liverpool squad. The next couple few weeks is going to be based on Liverpool's thirteen fourteen squad of you know Suarez, Coutinho, Gerard, et al. Um, Again, we're back to the start. We're back to. We could. I mean, if you want to do this in a league format, I'm just concerned that it's going to get a bit samey if we have to do this too many times over a number of weeks. Same thing for us over and over. <laughs> we don't like. I'm not watching the games, so I'm just picking a team, mate. Yeah. You can do whatever you want. <laughs> but no, we, let's do a league. Better that way. You can't do it. Can't just keep track of Paul. Can't do it. Yeah, what I mean is we have to do it more times on the podcast. We'll <laughs> keep fine. it. We'll, we'll keep it as is. Um, your opinions are noted um, and duly ignored. Um, so it's it's going to be Chris and Tom again this week. I am going to go and grab a pen. Bear with me. Does anyone have a coin this week? We should think that we need something to flip. Well, um, I'll, I'll, um, I can go with the DVD again. I mean. Uh, any anything with two sides works. I've literally got nothing in front of me. Look, two sides. I'd flick. I'd flick my phone, but I've already broken the screen once this week. I, I mean, I've got. I've got. I've got one. Hey, I've got one that's probably thing. Oh, sorted. Yeah, that's a point. I mean, are we going to be happy that it's a legitimate coin? I'm just saying, we've got the two biggest fucking cry asses playing against each other here. I think I picked last time, Chris, so you can pick if you want unison or not unison. Unison or... Or Liverpool Community and Hospitals Health. Which one would you like? I will take first pick, thanks. But not... Yeah. <laughs> Would you like Houston or Hospital Health? I thought you were saying you picked first last time, so it's my turn to pick first this no, time. No, I picked first to flip a coin. Oh, whatever. Unison. Oh, my pen's got no nib. Shit. Unison. Right, what if I want to pick second? Well, you can, you can do that. I'll pick first, please. Yeah. <laughs> right, hang on. No. I feel like we cut round this, to be fair. Okay. When he comes back, just start on the attack. Yeah. <laughs> 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 to be honest, right, I've had a look at these. This is going to be substantially harder. Uh, I've got the squad in front of me, and... I'm writing it down now, lad. Yeah, it's, it's, it's not great, to be honest with you. So two more, two more each. <laughs> <laughs> and then Suarez, please. Yeah. Okay. 
Yeah, we just did our teams then. <laughs> Sad. Okay, who's going first? Hey, Chris. I am going first. I'll take one, Luis Suarez, please. Uh, Daniel Sturridge. Um, Sterling, please. Coutinho. Gerard, please. Um, Simon Mignolet. <laughs> Sounds. Oh bollocks! Right. <laughs> um, the the game. What are they going to be like on the game? That's what oh. you've got to think about now. Not real. Not fucking real life. Exactly. That's what did me over. Adrian let a free yeah. kick in from Trent, and I was fuming. I can Aga's boss on this game. Aga. Um, I'm not going to go with Brad Jones. I'm not going to do it over. Uh, I'll have. Jose Enrique. I'll go for Sacco. Sacco. Uh, Glenn Johnson. Ooh. Hendo. Um. <laughs> I'll have Lucas. Aspas. <laughs> Someone had to do it. Torre. Alan. Skirtle. No way was I getting him. Fucking red card and waiting. Um, <laughs> Who did you last pick, sorry? Fuck knows, wait. Alan, maybe? Yeah. yeah. Um, this is hard, Getting tense. And this difference is you've got the squad list written out in front of you this week. Sissoko. No, actually, no, actually. Oh, 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 hang on a second. Can you do that? You said yeah. his full name. No, I didn't. You said Sissoko. That's not his full name, is it, you blurt? You were so upset. His full surname, you know. You're a fucking chess and I've not touched my piece. Well, well just fucking play on. How do um, you rules, Chris? How, no one said that you can't. It's, this is the second I, series. The rules change from the first series, put Tom. Yeah, you know what I mean? I've take back some players before. I, I'm going to allow it this one. Uh, who did I say? I forgot which one I was saying. I'm going to say Yes, it's Soko because I said his full name. <laughs> Ali. Um, Victor Moses. Okay. Martin Kelly. Um, oh. Have, yeah. you picked, have you picked Ibe? No. I'll have Ibe then. And I'll take, is it Brad Jones, the keeper? Jones. And yeah. I'll have... I don't know, I've got him in midfield. I've got... <sighs> as, it, as if I've built a side with two left-footed centre-halves. Oh, no, Chris. <laughs> it must be shit, because no one does it. I'll have Louis Alberto. Yeah. Yeah, you will. That's it. I'm not having Tess yet, I don't know, man. Sean? What's that? You're 4-3-3. I don't know. Okay. I have gone 4-3-3, by the way. I need to know me, me players. To, I'll, I'll let you know after the pod. To, well, okay. I've got Jones in goal, Paul, yeah. left-back Sissoko, right-back Kelly, or Agasako, whichever way, they both feel wrong. <laughs> uh, I'll let you decide there. Um, Deep-lying... 
deepest line of the three. Yeah. I want Joe Allen. Okay. Is the six? Yeah. Want, yeah, is the six. I want Gerard on the right centre and Henderson on the left centre. Yeah. I want Sterling on left wing. I want Aspas on right wing, apparently, and Suarez up front. Okay. Sounds. So uh, I'll, have them as a, I'll have them as a narrow three, please, Paul, though. A narrow three. Right. A narrow front three, yeah, rather I than nice all, all okay. a centre-forward. Oh, I see, OK, sounds. Yeah, you know what I mean, proper centre-forwards. I'll Centre-forwards, OK. Yeah. Is Victor Moses right for three years, isn't he? He is. OK, I'll have, I'll have Midgillane goal, Johnson mm-hmm. right back, um, Skettle and Colo, Skettle on the right, Colo on the left, Enrique left back, Lucas uh, defensive mid, Coutinho mm-hmm. and Alberto. Then I want Moses on the right, Sturridge in the centre, and Ibe on the left. No, just, no, no. Uh, way just sort your frame it out there, Tom. Other just way round. I will do. I'm, I'm concentrating. You want Moses I left wing? <laughs> Moses left wing, Ibe right, right wing. wing. Sturridge, Sturridge centre forward. Back a bit, Tom. Back, back a bit. There you go. Down a bit. Down a bit. Oh, yeah. Oh, down. Just okay. a touch more. So then, let's just to let just to just to level this out. Then, as it stands, Tom is better. Hold on, I got a minute, mate. I want a possession-based side. Um, <laughs> oh, take attacker, please. <laughs> I want to explain why you think your side's going to win, Chris. Well, because I've got Suarez, Paul. Yeah, that's a good reason, as any. Uh, but you've got the thing is with this is Gerard was thirty-four at the time in your midfield. He's slow. I've got Ibe who's fast. I've got Coutinho who's good. I've got a, I've got the better back five by far. Would you rather have a thirty-four-year-old Gerard or Jordan Ibe in your team? Me, different I positions. Wait, is Gerard, Gerard playing defensive mid for you, Chris? Yeah. Game over then, Lucas. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay. So I've got Raheem Sterling and I've got Luis Suarez. And and what were the four jokers at the at the back call for you? They were they were part of one of the best defensive defensive partnerships ever. Uh, um, I mean, and what were the four players called? Sorry, Chris. What was your four, four? I'll tell you mine. John, my Johnson. Yeah, the one we the one we used to call John Glenson because he was so bad. Yeah. Okay. Next. It's all right. This season. I won't in say anything bad about Jose Enrique because he's in, an absolute legend, but he yeah. can only turn one way. In Tom's defence, he's got of the squad that you've got there. He's got the best right back. He's probably got the best centre half, maybe in Sacco. Bear in mind, this was thirteen. Sacco's mine. Oh, sorry. Well, oh well, then Chris has probably got the best centre half. He's got the best centre half partnership. Yeah, the best. The best two centre halves. Chris has got the. Um, I think Sturridge is probably the best. Sturridge is, Sturridge is great at shooting and, and, and pace. It's too and tight to call. The shoot in this game, could he? Sterling couldn't shoot at the time. Right. I think Steve. this game's going to be won in the midfield, Tom. And, and Stephen Gerrard, Joe Henderson, and we, Joe Allen. Oh. And there's three fellas who play like the six foot seven right there, mate. I'm, I'm, tempted, <laughs> to say, I'm tempted to say Joe Allen's going to miss like nearly against Everton, but you know he's going to score now. Okay, sad. Uh, right, so we're going to put a poll out once again. You get to decide who you think will come out on top, which is the better team, what is the most likely to take home the place in the final of the, the, school, of the schoolyard game for 13-14. Um, let us know on all that and any thoughts and critiques of the team in the comments section underneath on YouTube as well. Uh, let's get to... Uh, f- oh, yeah, uh, uh, we will be. I will be streaming that. 
uh, on Friday night on Twitch, on twitch.tv forward slash Mage Gaming. Um, come and join in. I always have a good laugh and absolutely ruin my throat at the same time, um, which makes it sound like I'm streaming to another platform, but there you go. Anyway, Hugh Murphy has sent a question in for us. Chris, how many footballs do you think you would be able to fit in the team bus? Oh, that's a tough question. Really? 789. Ah, hang on. I'm thinking pumped up here. <laughs> <laughs> 2,961. Okay. So, um, uh, yeah, I don't, well, there's no way no one is there. Uh, Steve O'Hare is one of our wonderful contributors. You mean there's the no answer? Subscribers, can you? Um, <laughs> it's not like a jar full of sweets. an answer. Sakes. You can do that, social distancing. Can we see if we can get that sorted? Yeah. We They're not doing anything with the fucking coaches, are they? Sat there, isn't it? The team bus is just doing fuck all. Maybe we, maybe we could. We'll, do, we'll wipe it down after we're done. Um, can we? Can we? Expense? You always say that, but you never do. <laughs> can we expense two thousand footballs? I'll have them kicking around as well, Tom. They'll just be sat off at Melbourne, I'm certain of it. Um, Steel here, again, is one of the top contributors to the Redmen TV subscribers group on Facebook. If you subscribe to the RedmenTV.com, get on that group. Um, he says, if you were a, a boxer slash professional wrestler slash cage fighter, what song would you have as your entrance track, Tom? I like how you always manage to pick the wrestling ones out uh, for, for the podcast. I've gone with... Um the start of Twisted Transistor, but the instru- like the instrumental, no singing because it goes a bit high pitched. But like you know, the start of Twisted Transistor by Corn, I reckon you could walk out to that and it'd be yeah, it'd be sad. Okay, Chris, yeah. is it is it as simple as going to Taylor Swift? Probably, but for Edge's music now, um, I think I'll go with Rage Against the Machine, Killing in the Name of. Oh, classic. And obviously, you want it remixed. You don't want like the full start, 30 seconds or whatever. You're cutting this down to size, you know what I mean? Depends how long the ring walk is as well, I suppose. Big questions that you've got to ask. Are you doing like a boxing one where you're taking two and a half minutes? Maybe you can get a little bit of a medley going. Or yeah. is it just a wrestling? I want to run down there yeah. screaming, fuck you, I'll do what you told me. You want to do like an, an Ultimate Warrior style belt, short and, short and fast and, 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 and patient and energetic. Yeah, I like that. I think man needs to have some sort of like, you need a moment at the start of it so that when you hear the, the opening yeah. note everyone you know immediately knows who it is like glass breaks it's stone cold steve austin you know that that kind of thing I, i've gone for um die mf by dope yeah. uh because it's just <laughs> it's just a boss like really angry aggressive start to and it basically it says that he wants everyone everyone to to die um so yeah that i think that's good ross what would you have um, probably on the same lines as Chris, but something like Led Zeppelin, a heavy metal, like communication breakdown. Again, you recognise the fucking song as soon as it comes on, but it's high energy, it's energetic, and nothing like me. See, I'm thinking all this, like wrestling. I don't see any of us coming out as wrestlers. Darts, maybe? I could see us all coming out and, <laughs> towards the darts. Um, we have the, we have the bodies for it. We could, could we do, we could probably socially distance play darts, couldn't we? I yeah, mean, we yeah. could probably still do, we could probably have a Red Men Darts League. Um, we'll wait till we'll wait till things start to slow down a bit before we get slaughtered on it. Um, but yeah, absolutely. Um, I, okay. I literally socially distance the darts from the board anyway. You're not going to catch coronavirus, but you might get hit by a dart. That's the uh, that's the that's like the rough with the smooth on that one. Uh, right. 
Okay, Sam, we've got loads of very, very, very random questions to be getting through, including um, if the Redmen TV crew are marooned on a desert island, who gets the jobs to enable you all to survive, or are you all fucked? Um, we're going to answer that on the subscriber Q&A over on the RedmenTV.com, including favourite footy kids of all time, uh, worst refereeing performance, we might do that one, would you rather have a cock on every notch of your spine, or what's it dust on your fingers for the rest of your life? Anyway, um, there's a whole bunch of random random things uh, we have good fun doing this if you enjoy this podcast and you want more of the random stuff go to the redmentv.com right now and sign up you can get the video version and you can get it in your native podcast and app all of the subscriber shows uh, that do that are available there so you can get them on the go so you can put them in your ears or you can obviously put them on your telly and all that kind of stuff as well there is the exclusive interview with Jimmy Traore with Jose Enrique Chris spoke to Dave Maddock um, last week as well uh, I have done some stuff with James Pierce. we've got loads of exclusive interviews with football past and present lined up perfect time to go and sign up so do go to the redmentv.com it's just five pounds a month and it helps make all of this possible it makes it possible to have chris over there to have tom down there to have ross down there um uh, yeah do go and watch the video just to see what we were up to really uh, if you're on podcast and apps give a five-star review if you're on youtube drop a like and we'll be back with the redmen podcast next week Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.